The Dudes of Kung Fu podcast is brought to you by Wing Chun Illustrated Magazine. In celebration of their newly launched WCI newsstand platform, Wing Chun Illustrated is giving listeners of the Dudes of Kung Fu podcast a free one-month all-access subscription. Go to wcinewsstand.com and click the register button in the upper right corner. Use voucher code FREE4U. That's F-R-E-E, the number four, and the letter U, all caps. Don't forget to activate your account by clicking the link in the welcome message. The Dudes of Kung Fu love Wing Chun Illustrated Magazine. Dudes of Kung Fu. Please welcome your hosts, Alex Richter and Big Sean Madigan. Hello, everybody. I hope everyone's having an awesome week. This is your man, Big Sean. And this week, we are so lucky we don't have Alex's ugly face in my computer. I don't have to see Alex. So you're kind of stuck with me. But um, this is, you know, we're having a, a quarantine conversation today. And I uh, had the pleasure and the honor of having my original Jeet Kune Do instructor, Sifu Greg Picardo to join us on the podcast. And um, we're going to talk about some old times and talk about Kundo and Silat and Wing Chun and, and everything else. And uh, Sifu Greg, how are you, sir? I'm doing well. How are you doing, Sean? I'm doing awesome. It's been a <laughs> long time. For, for those that don't know, and that would probably be known, I've mentioned Sifu Greg a couple of times on the podcast. He was my first ever Kundo instructor. Um, that was probably something like 25, 26 years ago. And wow. yeah, it's... I feel old now. <laughs> yeah, because um, I remember my son John was born while I was training with you. Wow. So yeah, so that was about 25, 26 years ago that uh, when, I, when I first started taking lessons from you. And, um, and I've always enjoyed it. I've always learned a lot of I learned so many amazing things from you. And I, I was going to, I want to mention him as we go on tonight because um, it left a big impact on me. And, I, and I'm sure you have no idea because, you know, things that you probably said offhandedly kept an impact on me for 25 years. And I, I've always wanted to tell you this. But uh, let's, we'll get to that. Right now, tell okay. us a little bit about yourself and your history and let the folks know who you are. Well, I'm. I'm Greg Pichardo, and I live in New York, um, actually on Long Island. And I started training in martial arts back in 1973, around that time, uh, doing uh, Shotokan karate. And that's when I got uh, introduced to the martial arts. And off and on, I was training. And then, um, then when I was getting into my 20s, is when I discovered uh, Jeet Kune Do. You know, before that I dabbled in a little judo, a little little Wing Chun, a little boxing and stuff, but nothing really, really much to speak of. But when I got into Jeet Kune Do, that's when I went head first in, and that's where I started learning, you know, Kali, Savat, Thai boxing, Silat, shoot fighting, and all that stuff. So uh, it was a uh, the school uh, that was uh, in Flushing, and my teacher was Neil Cullif. He was the creator of New York Martial Arts Academy. So um, he was an awesome teacher. You know, he really opened up my eyes to a lot of things. Um, so I, I, I give him a tremendous amount of credit. Right now he's in Florida, and, I, and I'm glad to say that I still go and see him. And actually, I last year... And I did a little seminar for him, which was great. It was awesome. That's awesome. And uh, I was supposed to go do another one, but this pandemic got kind of in the way. <laughs> so, sure, sure. So, so uh, that's a, a history in a nutshell, I guess. I got to meet and train with a lot of different instructors, a lot of uh, original Jeet Kune Do instructors, which uh, were amazing. Um, some, some that maybe not too many people heard of. I mean, everyone's heard of like like Dan and Asano and Ted Wong, but I trained with Bob Bremer, um, Pete Jacobs, you know, uh, uh, Richard Pastillo, you know. So 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 these yeah, sure. guys, 
yeah, these guys, because there was something that I remember Dan Asano said once. He goes, Bruce Lee's students, they all have a piece of the puzzle. And he was absolutely right. Because when you went to go train with these guys, they had something that the other one really either they didn't emphasize it or they didn't practice it or whatever it was. Or they maybe came along and, and developed them themselves too. Right, sure. So that, that, that's what that's, I found That's the thing. I've always found that interesting that so many people like um, will almost discard or not, not hold importance to the developments these guys made since training with Bruce Lee in 1970 you know they're like they will only want to learn oh what did Bruce Lee teach you and after that they have no interest in it yeah no, what 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 uh I remember talking to Ted Wong and he was saying you know because he, he had the most privates with Bruce Lee sure but he explained his privates were kind of like okay Ted try to hit me right <laughs> <laughs> and he would kind of do something to him and he's like so even though it was a private lesson it was actually bruce kind of working things out on him sure, sure so but he wouldn't say things and all of a sudden years later all of a sudden ted wong would discover something and he would, it would hit him he's like that's what bruce was working on that right. day when he was doing this or that that's what it was so he discovered it after bruce's death which was crazy. Right, and right, then right. taking that and, and, and going more into it and developing, because, I mean, Ted Wong, God rest his soul, he was amazing, amazing. Right, of course. It's, yeah, he's, he's, he's top he, shelf. You know, I, I mean. Yeah, I, I tell guys, you know, when, when you look at like a silhouette of Ted Wong, you thought it was Bruce Lee. Right. Because he moves, that. out of all his students, he moved like Bruce the most. Sure. And his footworks was phenomenal, <laughs> phenomenal footwork. And and that was a thing that, you know, when you left his lesson, you appreciated footwork. Because even though he wasn't young at the time, you couldn't hit him because of his footwork. Right. He was that good. You know, it, it didn't matter if the kid, it was a kid of 22 years old, he couldn't touch him. And this guy was in his 60s. It was, right. it was remarkable. Remarkable. That, that's amazing. That's amazing. How, yeah. how did you meet Guru Cass? Oh, that, that's interesting. So the first time I met him uh, was actually at my um, Neil Collif school at a seminar. He came in with the pen the car. Okay. Right? He was, he was assisting him. So, uh, and, and I, I told him this. He didn't. Like what you're saying to me is what I kind of told him. He did something to me that changed my life. Right. And he didn't know. He, there was a technique he did. And I was like, what the heck was that? I go, excuse me, you got to do that to me. And he put me in position. I'm looking at my feet. And all of a sudden, I start moving. And I'm watching my feet going up the wall <laughs> into the ceiling. <laughs> and I just go, boom. And I hit the ground. And I said, Oh, I have to learn this stuff. Right. So from then on, I was always in. Uh, it was in, I was so intrigued by Selah, uh, and it was like him. He was the first one, and then I didn't see him for a while. Then he did a few more seminars at the school, but the 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 weird thing was, uh, I was with uh, Chris Kent, and there was uh, the first Jikundo, Brandon Lee Nucleus Banquet seminar. Right. And it was out in uh, California. So I go out there and at the banquet, I ended up sitting next to him, which is just, it just happened to be that way. Because okay. Cass and Chris Kent are really, really Close good friend, friends. Yeah. They're, they're like yeah. brothers. So I'm, I'm sitting next to him and, you know, I, I start talking to him. And I'm like, oh, man, I just I love what you do. And, you know, I'd love to learn some more. And basically turned to me and goes, OK, well, we need to get to know each other which right. was like the coolest answer. It wasn't like, um, you know, okay, you, you, you got to train with me for so many years. You know, it wasn't that, it was like, I got to get to know who you are. And I respected that because later on, I talked to him about that and he was like, basically, he didn't want an a-hole. Right, <laughs> sure. Because he goes, I can teach anybody how to do a technique, but if you're an a-hole, 
I can't help you. <laughs> you know, I can't make you not be one. Right. So, right. So that happened, and he saw that. Oh, I just I'm a decent guy, whatever. And I was into it, and uh, I was serious, and and then I just kept on flying out there and and training with him, and I would, I would bring him in whenever I could, and and the rest is history. And that that started in ooh, like '97, something like that. Right. Well, so I've been I with him since then. When I was young, and I was uh, training with you, that the you I, we were, I wish I could remember what you had offered me. We were at the school and it was an off time, like lessons weren't going on. And you had offered me something, uh, a cup of water or, or I have no idea what it was. I wish I do because I don't remember what it was. And I said, oh, no, thank you. And you said, come sit down with me for a second. <laughs> and I was like, okay. And I'm saying to myself, oh, I'm in trouble. And I said, like, what I do? And he said, no, no, I want to tell you a story. And I said, okay. He said, and you said, one time you went to Guru Cass's house for dinner. Or you were with Guru Cass. And he offered you something, a food that it you didn't tea. eat. It was, it was tea. It was tea. tea. Here we go. And I, I, see, but I still remember it. And you said, no, it's okay. And he said, no, when a teacher offers you something, you accept it. Or something. Yeah, yeah. Because I, I actually I refused it a couple of times because he kept on offering it to me, and I kept on going, no, no, no it's, okay. it's okay. And then he goes, and he stopped me, and he goes, look, you have to understand something. That an Indonesian teacher, when they offer you something, you take it because for them, they're offering you something, even if it's food, but it's also it could be their knowledge, and right. if you reject that, you reject their knowledge as well. So. That and, and you told me that story. And I remember driving home that day and it really making an impact on me. Saying like, wow, like and it wasn't so much it was it was I understood the reverence of a relationship with a teacher as more than just a fight coach. You know, like uh, I think yeah. up until that point, because I was a wrestler when I was younger. I, I, I guess I kind of looked at like a, the seafoods and teachers as more of like a fight coach. This is my coach. I'm mm. the big fat athlete and I'm trying to get, and in and, and telling that story, I remember being like, wow, no, no, there's more to this. This is, there's a relationship here. There's this, you know, and I, and I'll never forget like that story that you told. And I told that story to almost everybody that's ever trained with me because like, so like that story has gone down a generation now. I screwed it up. <laughs> I didn't know it was tea and stuff like that. But like, I, but like, but I hear it is 25 years later and I still remember it. That's excellent. Awesome. Awesome. You know what I mean? I don't remember too many other things. I've been punched in the head a lot over these last 25 <laughs> years, but that story I haven't forgotten. And, and I'll never forget that story. Cause it really, you know, I find, I find the, non-martial arts, non-martial aspects of the martial arts sometimes lead to the greatest like impact stories. Like, you yeah. know, like the, the greatest lessons sometimes are outside of the martial arts, you well, know? They would say that about Bruce Lee too. They would go just the best lessons were over, over dinner after, because they used to go train. And then after the, it would be like 11 o'clock at night or whatever. And they would go, to this Chinese restaurant that they that they would always go to, and they would stay there till wee hours of the morning, and they that's where the good lessons were, just sitting and talking. Right, right. So yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it, like it, I take lessons. I haven't done it now with pandemic and everything, and with my screwed up leg. But I I I, I trained in Moyat Wing Chun, and my teacher was one of uh, Moyat's disciples. And he basically had lunch with Moyat every day for like six years. And he said that he's learned so much about the world and martial arts yeah. over lunch with Moyat than he did like in the classrooms. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, it's like, it's just, it's, and, and, and it, for me, like, even when I, even when I heard my Wing Chun teacher say that, it took me back to, again, immediately to you telling me 
of Cass offering you something and you saying no and him saying, well, when your teacher offers you something, you take it, you know? Yeah, and yeah. I just, and I just, I'll just, I'll never forget that. I, I've always wanted to tell you that story. <laughs> like, I've actually, you know, it's so funny because like, it's so long to type out because I almost typed it out to you on Facebook Messenger one day because we've communicated <laughs> on Facebook Messenger. And I'm like, I'm typing. I'm like, oh, this is just too freaking long to type. I'm like, I got to get him on the phone one day and tell him the story. But it's, I'll never forget that. It just, it made an impact on my life. And, and it's, you know, it's an important thing. It's really, it really is an important thing. And now, like, I only have a few students. But to me, they're like family. You yeah. know, they're like family because I don't teach outsiders. I don't, and I, my, my quote unquote students, they could all kick my ass at this point. And, but they're my students because they're like my best friends. They're like family to me. Yeah. Yeah. I look at my instructors. I, I basically like my two main instructors are Guy Chase and Cass Magda right now. Mostly Cass, but Guy Chase, I, I do a lot of training with. And I still look at my old instructor, Neil, <clears throat> as all three of those gentlemen, they're, they're, they're my family, you know? Right you know, we've, we've took it outside of the mat, you know, of those four walls of the school. And we talk about personal things. And, you know, if, if something's on my mind, I have the freedom of calling any one of them and, and, and saying, it doesn't have to be a martial art thing. It could be, look, right. I'm having a problem with this or a problem with that. And they're always wanting to help. Oh, whatever I can do, whatever I can do. So, yeah, I, I really understand that. And I think a little bit of that is being lost because of the sport. Uh, you, you get a lot of guys um, thinking about going into ring all the time. Hmm. And they don't have that relationship with a teacher. They end up, like you said, they have a coach. Right. And the coach, yeah, you know, but usually they switch coaches. You know, it's, it's, right. it's not a long-term relationship, you know. Right. And, and that's, and my thing was always, okay, you know, if you want to go in the ring, you know, go for it. But there's going to be a point that you're not going to be able to go back into the ring. So where do you go? What do you do? So to me, the art of martial arts, the art itself, that's what has to take over. And if you haven't done any of that stuff, you kind of, it's kind of a little empty, you know? Right. So, uh, you know, because a lot of guys, it's all martial. It's all about, yeah, bang, bang. You know, I want to knock him out. I want to kill him. I want to tear him apart. Yeah, but I there's, totally there's, agree. There's a whole yeah. other side. You know, it's there's, like, there's, um, I, I love Wing Chun, right? I, I enjoy it. Yeah. And I remember saying that on Facebook one day because someone, someone had asked me once, um, well, Sean, with your training in JKD for so many years with Steve Golden and, um, you know, you do JKDs, and a lot of these guys are like Bruce Lee fans more than martial artists. But one of them said to me, like, why do you do Wing Chun if, quote-unquote, JKD's better? Which was the, for some reason, they, there's this perception in their head that JKD's better than Wing Chun. Or with me having a wrestling background, I trained with Matt Thornton for a little while. I'm mm -hmm. using jiu-jitsu, and if you've done that, and then absolutely find it um, effective. I mean, Matt Thornton stuff from Straight Plus Gym, he's amazing. Why do you keep on going back and staying with Wing Chun? And my answer is always because I love it. You know, I'm at a point in my life where I have to do what makes me happy. Mm -hmm. You know, when you, and you know, when you start, when you, when you realize what's going to put a smile on your face, yeah, that's important, you know, and that's outside of with us. It's martial arts and me with other things. Like I play guitar. I play badly, but I play guitar, right? Because <laughs> it makes a smile on my face. And, yeah. you know, that's what it, that's what it's about. Right. I mean, yeah, absolutely. I feel the same. You know, sometimes I'll get that kind of a similar question. You know, what art do you, do you enjoy the best? I mean, a lot of times it's whatever I'm teaching. Usually I enjoy the best because sometimes I might be teaching trapping and I'm like, crap, this is good. You know, and you get into it, right? You're like, you know, because my thing is those little nuances. To me, they're, they're like, oh, God, I love it. 
But then all of a sudden I pick up a stick and a knife or something. And I'm like, this is cool too. You know, I guess the one I, I enjoy the most is probably Sealot because uh, it comes out at this point. It's very natural for me. Right. And sure. I, I, yeah. It, it, you know, it's, it's at times it, I don't have to think as much. It's an easier uh-huh. thing for me to do. So I, but again, they go, well, you know, I also did Savat and I also did Thai boxing. And yeah, if you want to do some of that, we can do it. I don't enjoy it as much. Not that there's anything wrong with it. And when I get into it, I'll probably enjoy it. Right. But, but you know, these three arts are the ones I enjoy the most. And Sealot's probably the one I enjoy, I guess, number one, I guess. The right, other ones right, are right. one, one A, one B. Because, you know, I... I I, I, like I said, when I'm doing it, if, if I'm doing JKD and I'm, I start getting into it, and, I, and it, especially when you have a, a, a student that's excited. Sure, sure. Oh, man. And then I'm like, I'm like going a, a thousand miles an hour. You know, I, right, I just right, want right. to teach and teach and teach. And I want to I want to share as much as I can. You know, I go crazy. Sometimes I, I always tell guys the hardest thing to do is not to teach. Mm. Because you start teaching, you want to go. Oh, but let me show you this, and I can show you. This. And, and, you know, right, right, whoa, 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 whoa. sure. Because you have to. You, all of a sudden, you look at the kid, guy's face, and he's like, oh, like almost in shock. Right. And I have to go. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm giving him a little overload here. I got to pull back a little bit. But, and then all of a sudden, like they look at me and go, "You enjoy this stuff?" And I go, "Yeah, I do. I do. You know, it's that's fun. Great. So you do what you like, and that's what you know. People go, you know, what styles and whatever, whatever you like is what you do. Yeah, because you have to be happy. I, I remember yeah. one of the first Sea um, Lot lessons from you. I don't remember the names of techniques or anything. Like That's I said, I've been punching my head a lot for 25 years. But I remember one thing you taught me. Um, and I'm going to screw up the description too, but just basically, picture you and I were squared off. And I remember you stepped on my foot and like pushed on my hip. Oh, I know which one of this. Yeah. I, and I stuck I went, my finger by the groin, right? Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I went down like a ton of bricks. Boom. And I was like, what the hell was that? <laughs> and you were like, that's today's lesson. <laughs> I'm like, okay, I like this. <laughs> I'm, I'm, uh, it's one of those things like, wow, man. And, you know, it didn't hurt. It was just effective. It was just like yeah. you were standing and then you weren't. You know? It was just yeah. amazing. Well, Amazing. That's the, I mean, that's the reason why I love the art so much because you can always get a wow factor. Right. You know? Sure. Like sometimes guys, when you, when you show them JKD, some, the, the, the trained eye will, uh, will see the little nuances that you're doing, you know, the, 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 the broken rhythm, the, the, the tack by draw, whatever the faking, whatever it is. Other people just go, Oh, he just punched them or he just kicked them. Right, you know. right, right. But the sea lot, you get in there and you're able to like, oh, okay, I'm going to stick my finger right here and you're going to go down. And the the expression on the face is priceless because then all of a sudden you just go, boom, you give them a little press and they just fall. They're like, holy crap, how, how did that happen? You know, so that's why I like it. And it, it, the art itself, actually what's cool about it is it can, it can go into any art you're doing. So it can enhance anything you're doing because there are times we're in a Tiga stance and a Tiga stance is just basically like a, like just standing with your feet apart. Okay. You know, that's considered Tiga. So when you look at that, that's almost like a neutral stance. It can be anything. When you, a lot of the entries, a lot of the entries are very similar to like a Wing Chun entry. Like we have something that looks exactly like Pak Sao. I mean, literally when I first learned it, I wrote and I go, looks like Pak Sao. Right, right. Exactly. Awesome. So I can remember it. So you can go in there and you'll find yourself in that same range as Wing Chun. And very little effort to drop a person. When, when, I, when I show it, I tell guys, if you're using muscle, you're doing it incorrectly. He should be dropping with barely any effort. So when you do that, and, and again, that's why it's able to, you're able to mix it in with Kali, you're able to mix it in with JKD, you're able to mix it in with Wing Chun, or even if you're doing like traditional karate or Kung Fu, it's just, it's just there. Because you, we work, we work 
we work a lot of reference points. Like in Wing Chun, you have the high and low reference points and stuff like that. But we have reference points too with the body. So in any kind of fighting, if you're doing jujitsu, you, you recognize the reference points. And I go, oh, I have my C-lot back sweep or C-lot front sweep or arm throw or this. It's there. It's, and, you'll, and the guys joke around. They go, C-lot is always there. Because right, wow. every position you can think about, I can have my back to you and I can sweep you. I could be on my belly on the floor and I can sweep you. I right. could be on my back and sweep you. But so all these different positions and you don't have to move a lot. You, I mean, you can, but th this is one of the, one of the, Real well, not the real reason, but one of the main reasons why I see a lot intrigued me is I wasn't 20 when I saw it, and I was already starting to feel things in my body, right? And I said, you know what, I want to do martial arts for the rest of my life. And what happens is, if you look at an art like uh, Thai boxing or Shavado Taekwondo, there's maintenance. You have to have a high maintenance. You got to be very flexible. You got to be in great shape. And, right. and I go, well, when you get older, you, you just don't move the same. You know, sure. age, is, <laughs> age is a bitch, you know, and right. you start moving differently. So because of that, I said, you know what? I see these guys barely moving. If I'm able to pick this up, I can do this really till I'm in my 80s. That's wonderful. You know, so. So that's that's one of the key things about it. So I, I mean, literally, I had knee surgery once, and a week later, I was teaching. You know, right? Because so, I I know that I can I can get away with barely moving, and still be able to do, do the technique and take the guy down. Yeah, you know, I wish I remembered more of it. I remember always enjoying it. Um, I I I remember like always feeling. I remember what amazed me, what, the memory I have of it is never feeling reaped like in judo. Like, you know, like, mm. I, you, you never got that, oh, shit, this is going to, excuse me, oh, shit, this is going to hurt, boom. It was always like you're standing and then you're not. It was almost like yeah. you fall over of your own accord rather than that feeling of being, you know, reap like in wrestling or in judo, and and I, I've always, yeah. I always found that intriguing because I I I enjoyed like when we'd you'd move around and like I guess the, the way a person would plant their feet and the angles that they choose with you would depend on what throw you would use. I'm not sure, but yeah. I remember I remember it always would be like you would enter and the next thing you know you'd feel yourself falling over rather than being thrown up against the wall kind of thing. And I, I always enjoyed that. I always thought that was interesting. Yeah. And the other thing that's interesting, you, you really don't know what took you down. That's, that's right. because if you look at like judo and those type of throws, you kind of see the guy grab me, kind of see him go, get under him, lift him up with the legs and throw him over. See like you go in there and all of a sudden it's like, you, you, sometimes you get the sensation of like, you know, you ever like uh, slip on ice. Right. You know, that type of thing, you go, whoa, and you kind of like, whoa, and you just, just fall. And, and there's no, you don't know what took you down. And my thing is, if you don't know what took you down, how do you defend against it? Right. You know? Sure. Was it my leg? Was it my body? Was it my arms? You're not really sure. So that, that's the whole thing about, about C-Lot, which is so cool. And there's so many different styles of C-Lot. I mean, the, the style that I do is called Bukajalan, which is, I, I, we joke around and call it the JKD of C-Lot <laughs> you know, right. because it, cause we, we've, we've been, it, incorporated so many different styles of C-Lot in there to make it. So, you know, we have oh, Harimau, okay. Chikulong, Samanda, Kari, uh, 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 I'm trying to think of the other ones, uh, Chamande, I mean, Mademuda, I mean, oh, Mande, I mean, they're all in there. So, so in a way, you can take this art and kind of design it to you. Right. So there are some arts that jump up and stuff like that. Others stay very low. Some 
kind of st straight standing up. So you pick and you choose what's comfortable for you. So that's, like, that's I, awesome. I, yeah. You know, like I trained with, with Pentecost Paul and when he was younger, he used to have a very low base. He used to really bend his leads, go very low. And as he got older, he started to come more upright. And at the end he was just standing straight up, and, but he was still able to do the stuff because he was able to modify things to fit you, which is, I thought was amazing. Right, so no absolutely. matter what problem you have, you can do this. That's the key to this stuff. That's amazing. So, yeah. So I want to ask you, what's yes. your school like? Well, right now, the funny thing is I don't have a school right now because I just I closed a little while ago. Oh, okay. So um, looking to open up a new one. But what happened was I started to get really, really busy. Right, <laughs> right. I started to doing uh, a bunch of privates every single day i teach privates and i've been doing a lot of seminars so i've been traveling and stuff which i wouldn't be able to do with the school right sure so it, it so happened it worked out that way so it's right. cool so i guess the question but, then should have been like should have been what's it like to train with you if i okay. if, if, if a person came to you and said like I want to learn what you have to offer as opposed to saying, I want to learn Silat. I want to learn Jeet Kune Do. I want to learn the host of other laws that you're qualified to teach. If someone just said, you know, teach me what, you know, what, 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 what's it like to train with you? What do you, what do you, what are people going to experience? Okay. I'm going to give you a general, not talking about the arts, what it is sure. to train with me. What I like to do, the way I like to teach, first of all, if you, if it's a private, I'm asking you, what do you want? Right. Right. What do you want to learn? Some guys want to learn certain things. Some guys just want to work out. Whatever it is, I'm fine with it. I, I'm very detail-oriented. So I want to show you every little detail. So if I'm teaching you JKD, for an example, and I'm going to teach you the sidekick, I'm going to break the sidekick down in different elements and tell you exactly what's happening in each one. Uh, the same thing with a punch. I'm going to break it down to every little, what each foot is doing, what each shoulder is doing, what your fist is doing, what your elbow is doing, what order things are coming, going out and coming back in. I go, I, I always say slow and steady wins the race. So I go slow. I explain it. If you don't understand it. I'll explain it again. If you don't understand right, I'll right. explain it again. I, as many times as I need to. My goal is for you to learn. That's that's the only thing I care about. I want to give you my knowledge. I realized, you know, a few years ago, I don't want to die with this stuff in my head. I want to give it. That's amazing. I, right. Exactly right. Yeah. Sure. I, 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 they, my teachers have given it to me and I appreciate it. And the way I appreciate it is I give it. So I try to make sure the person picks up as much as they can that day. Right. You know, which, you know, if it's in a school setting, uh, a little different because I follow a curriculum, which would be mm -hmm. those three arts all, all together. <clears throat> so, uh, JKD and, 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 uh, JKD, Kali and Silat. Okay. Right. So the three of them. And, and the reason why also, well, the reason why you, we like those three, when you kind of look at them, like JKD, if, you know, if I'm fighting one guy, yeah, JKD is going to really handle them. But if the guy pulls out a weapon, yeah, Kali would handle them a little better. And if there's multiple attackers, that's when Selah kicks in. Oh, that's and interesting. It, and it's considered my grab. Yeah. Because, you know, we, we have an expression, JKD is the horse we ride in on. So when we get in, and then the other stuff starts taking over. Because now we're in a different range. We have different elements. Maybe, maybe the weapon is produced. So then I have to deal with it that way. So we... We try to cover, in a way, we feel like we've covered everything that way. Wow. And any scenario. Because CLOT is designed for multiple attackers. That's why oh, that's it's, interesting. It, it, I didn't know that. Yeah, because CLOT, it, it actually is a grappling style. Right. But it's, it's loose grappling. Does that make sense? Yeah. Well, tight grappling. Tight grappling, right? I'm, I'm doing a real naked choke. I'm in the mount. I'm really in there with you. Right, right, right. See, I could be out with my hands extended, throwing you, flipping you, 
You go on the ground. I don't follow you down. Okay. I just hold your arm and I break it. Right. Sure. 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 Boy, oh yeah, I remember. Okay. Ticket. All right. There so now go. I remember that. I remember that. Okay. All right. I you know, and I apologize to the people that are listening that I'm having all these <laughs> memories, but you know, as I used to do this with Sifu Gray, <laughs> 25 years ago, and I haven't done this in a long time, and I'm I'm being flooded with memories here, <laughs> and you know, like just 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 times that you know just just having fun and learning and and as he said that i remember how many times i'm taking people down and like 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 quote unquote breaking the arm and facing off against somebody new exactly <laughs> exactly and i and <clears throat> as you said that i had that I, I can picture you from 25 years ago doing just that you know yeah. and uh that, that's amazing that's just fantastic yeah so, so, so you see, they, they have their own, in a way, their specialties, their, 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 their strengths. So we kind of emphasize those, and, and we kind of put them together. So at the school, it'll be all together. If somebody was training me privately, we're going to do it together. I even have a guy that has a gym that I'm, I'm designing a program for him, uh, which is more like not going into the art specifically, but more like self-defense, street fighting. Okay. You know, so if I'm teaching you see a lot, sometimes we'll put on Saran. This place, we're not. You know, right, we're just right, going right. straight in, and, and I'm not really going to explain, you know, it comes from West Java, and it's not that right. important. You know, it's, all right, this is where you take them down. This, this is a joint lock here. This is this, this is that, and that's it, you know. So, right. and then when I do a seminar, too, um, sometimes I'll do a topic. Like I'm doing a workshop on next Sunday, actually at a park. Uh, oh, great. I have it posted. I have it posted on my um, my Facebook page if anyone's interested. Uh, and I'm going to do a little bit of a Kali and a little bit of Sila. So we're going to try to stay. We're going to keep our distance a little bit. Right. It's sure. going to be interesting, but but I, I think it'll work out just fine. And uh, you know, I'm guys real excited about that. So. And, is, is there a weapons aspect to sea lot? There is. There is. That's a good question. Because they have the karambit, which is right. really the karambit came from Indonesia. Now you see it everywhere. Right. But it was something that was always uh, 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 put in the sarong. Oh. And, and the first time, uh, I'll give you a quick story. The first time I saw the karambit, it was with this Malaysian sea lot guy. And, you know, he shows me his hands, and then he put his hands on his hip. And when he put his hand on his hip, he inserted his finger into the karamba. So all of a sudden, he goes, okay, throw a punch. And then all of a sudden, he went, Hoo -hoo, and you just saw something like flash in front of your face. And wow. you're like, what? it was like a magic trick. You're like, where the hell did that came from? Right, right, right. So right then and there, I said, I got to get one of those. And at that time... <laughs> They, you can find them, but eventually I got them. Now you can get them anywhere. But you have you have the sarong, which is the greatest weapon because it's a piece of cloth, and you you tie a guy's arms up with it. You can choke him with it. You can take him down with it. You can hit him with it. Bunch of stuff you can do. And uh, the cool thing about it is, like some guys go, well, you know. I don't walk around with a dress, <laughs> you know, I get it, right. but it could be a t-shirt. It could be a belt. It could be a rope, you know, anything, you know, you can, you can get your hands on. It becomes a sarong, a scarf, a towel. So now it's interesting, right? You, if you're wearing a scarf, you can go into, you go through any metal detector, you know, sure, not right. Stop, right? So I, I think it's, 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 you always have a weapon with you. If you look at it that way, if you always carry around a scarf or, or a belt or whatever it is. So that's key. Then we also have, which uh, pretty unique, we have Sealot uh, staff. So the Sealot staff is quite interesting because it doesn't look like Chinese or, or even Filipino staff. Uh, it's, it's, it's very unique. So we use it to take a guy down and lock him up and stuff. So wow, it's, that's interesting. Why it's quite interesting. Very different. You, you know, uh, I've never seen anyone do it like we do it. So wow, that's, cool. I, I've never seen that. I've 
That's something I've never seen. seen like if you, go to, if you go to YouTube, if you go to YouTube and hit my videos, there's one, I show a couple of moves with the staff. And you'll kind of see what I'm talking about. Like you oh, see I'll how definitely check that out. How can people yeah, find you on YouTube? Tomorrow. They can just punch in Greg Picciardo, P-I-C-H-A-R-D-O. Um, sometimes so you I've been saying Phoenix. your name wrong for 25 years now. Pichardo, Pichardo, well, that's all the same. <laughs> yeah, but 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 you know, you hit my name, and my videos should pop up. <clears throat> Worst come to worst, you can go to my Facebook page, which is Seafood Greg Pichardo. So you can go there uh, if you need to get a hold of me and message me or whatever you need to do. That's probably the best place. Right, that's cool. where you get me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so tell tell me if you don't mind. I don't mean to pick your brains too much, but I just no, no I'm, I'm loving this. Um, tell me a little bit more about the sea lot when it re in regards to like entries, like like I know like so in JKD we always talk about like the five ways of attack and distance yeah. timing and rhythm as a way of entering into the fray, right? So I can you know, open people up certain ways using the five ways of attack and distance timing and breaking rhythm. <clears throat> in C-Lot, like, I mean, is it like, you know, outside, inside split? Like, what, like what's like some of, you see that, that? It's actually exactly what you just said, right? So <laughs> uh, I, I know guys can't see me, but if I, sometimes they put their arm like this and they kind of expose their ribs. So attack by draw. So the, the, they want you to kick them. They're asking you to kick them because they're about to grab your leg. Right, right, right. right. That's one. So sometimes they'll have the, like, uh, you might see pictures of guys with their hands kind of like uh, on, their, on their thighs, right, uh, in C-Lot. Well, they might have one hand out. <laughs> All that is, is debated. Then our entries, we have, you know, uh, we would call over the bridge, which looks just like a pox out. And then we have under the bridge, which comes up under like this. And then we have one that's a punch coming in. And we have the split entry. We just call it parry outside, hit inside. But it's split entry. Same exact right. thing. And then from there, then we go into all these different type of, you know, all our throws from there. Right? That's right, why I'm right, saying. Right. If you're doing Wing Chun, you're then in those positions. And you have all the Sila throws right there. At your right, disposal. right. Right? Uh, you, you know. There are sometimes you do like a, a almost like a G tech as you're coming in, or sometimes we have like a uh, if the guy's attacking from the side, we have a side kick that looks like a side front kick. If you if you if that makes sense to you, because my knee's pointing out that way, and I kind of throw like a weird kind of a kick, but that would be a, like a stop hit. Okay. Right? So we use that too. So when you when you look at the, the, those those five ways of attack. They're in Sia. <laughs> They're there. Right, 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 you know? right. And because, because I come from a, a, a Jikundo background, yeah, I, you pick it up right away. You go, oh, yeah, of course. Well, yeah, I know that. Oh, yeah. That's, that's sure, this, sure. that's that. So, because really when you start looking at arts, I mean, like Bruce Lee said, you know, everything's kind of the same, you know. Right, the truth you get, the truth. Yeah. You know, the arm moves only a certain way and stuff, so the stuff is really, really similar. So uh, there are times, you know, I might do something. The guy goes, oh, he's doing Wing Chun. No. Then I, I'll point out the little nuances and go, you know, Wing Chun would do it like this. We do it kind of like this. And, and you know, sure, it's just sure. slightly different. But, you know, uh, it doesn't matter. That's interesting. That's interesting. Yeah, I've always been fascinated with um, this idea of, like, distance control and rhythm and breaking rhythm and, 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 and I like, like, um, I was recently talking to a person who did, I, I always say wrong, is it Sambo, Sambo, the Russian martial Sambo. art? Sambo. And in the way he was showing it, almost everything that he was showing was a second intention art. So like there was, he did something to cause his opponent to do something. And then he capitalized upon the opponent's reaction. And I was like, oh, okay, that's really interesting. And he was like, yeah, that's kind of the way I look at that art is I'm much, he found that for him, he was so much more effective capitalizing on his opponent's reactions than just attacking. And, yeah. I, and, I, and I find that fascinating because like it was how, it was a strategy that works for him 
within that art. And I like I know for me with you know with JKD, I always look at JKD as um, and it, this 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 pisses off some JKD people. Huh? I always look at JKD as a weapons art in that I find JKD so much like fencing. You know, like the like the straight lead is almost like a fence's foil. Right. And right. and I and, and I yeah. and I look at like like the way we move as almost the way a fencer would move in the way we break rhythm and you know cause yeah. openings and things to that effect. And when I look at other arts, and now of course I'm gonna be I'm gonna go down the rabbit hole of C Lot. I know me, I'll be the rest of the weekend, it'll be all C Lot all the time. <laughs> right. So like I'm gonna be looking for now like the nuances and the angles and things to that effect. Cause that always intrigued me when you look at like the way certain some arts just take an angle or the way they will swing away from a, an opponent to take the opponent with them and things to that effect. I just find that, that that's what I find fascinating about other arts. Well, that, that, that's what I, I'm the same way because, you know, and, and I look at, when I do my C-Lot, I'm always looking to make it better. So, so what happens if, if I'm going into an armbar, for an example, I'm looking, okay, what's my positioning? It, you know, standing here or standing a, a few inches forward or back or to the side, does it make a difference? And right. that's what I look at. Because sometimes you can get into a position and in a picture, everything, you know, or, or, or in, in a perfect world, Oh, it looks great. It works. But once you, somebody gives you resistance, oh, you know, all hell breaks loose and you can't, you can't do it. So by just pressing or moving, it, 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 the same thing is with when we go in on someone. When I go in, and I know guys can't see this, but if I go in and we're both straight together, this is not good. I always want to come in and have you leaning back slightly. Mm. Because it, once I start pushing you back slightly, now you're not fighting me. You're fighting gravity. Okay? Yes. So I'm starting to do this. And the further I go, the more fighting gravity you're going to have to do and the less work I'm going to have to do. Right, so that's right, the idea, right? right? So, that's what, so when we go in, I, I see guys going in and, and you know, it could be any style. And I go, ooh, if you would just in a little bit more, he can't fight you. Right. You know, so you look at little things like that. And yeah, see, that's a nuance that's that's a nuance that's just so important. You could tell. Like like I can feel it when you were describing it, you know, like just being out of line and being off centered. Because like I remember, yeah. like I said, I'll never forget that feeling of being thrown, for lack of a better term, right? From, from you with C-Lot, where like, I guess you get off balanced and then just down, you know, yeah, just straight yeah. down. It's just, and it's almost like once you start going, it's like, oh, oh crap. Uh, I, I, I didn't just sit back and enjoy the ride because right, it's like, right, right. there's nothing you can do. You just might as well just go with it, you know? Sure, so, yeah, sure, it's, sure. It's very, very different. Very, very different. They're really cool. <laughs> That's amazing. That's amazing. Oh man. So when you teach, so when, when people come to you with like a JKD background, do you almost feel like, I shouldn't say with JKD, with any kind of, do you, do you feel like it's almost easier to teach a student that has no martial arts background as opposed to someone who comes to you who already does something? That, that's a great question. And the answer to that is, it's his attitude. Because mm -hmm. I have guys coming to me that have uh, no experience, and it's like an, a, a blank canvas, and no problem. They, they have no bad habits or anything like that that I have to correct. They're good. Right, right. Then you have a guy that if, he's, if he has the right attitude and he's, he's open to learning and stuff, and he has some experience, oh man, that's easy because I have references that I can go back to. No matter what style it is, I'll go back to, you did Aikido? 
okay, well, Aikido does it this way. We do it like this. See the difference? See how, how or see what it looks like? It kind of familiar. But if you have a guy that comes in and goes, well, you know, I don't know. We do it this way and we do it that way. He's really giving you a hard time because right, right. he basically wants to, he's trying to teach you. Then you just sit back and go, okay, teach me. <laughs> you know? right, right, exactly. You're paying. So right, you right, teach exactly. me. That's fine. You know, I don't mind learning. I'll learn from everybody. <laughs> right. <laughs> so it's, it's more like the attitude, you know, yeah. both ways. If the attitude is there, I have a good time with them. You know? Right, right. Sure, uh, sure. Yeah. Yeah, I've I've had uh, I've had guys come down, and like they're like you know I'll show them something in in, in Wing Chun how we how we do something, and they'll be like, well in in traditional Wing Chun they do it this way, and in Wong Chun Long Wing Chun they do it this way, and this guy will go off on a twenty minute tangent, on all the different styles of Wing Chun that he studied and how they do, and I'm like. Okay, but then you want to learn the way I do it. It's like, you know, I mean, I, we have drills and everything. You know? it's like, yeah, amazing. It, it's like you know, if if I go to a teacher and I still, I I want to learn. I'm always a student, so if I go to a teacher, you know, I just go, okay, show me now. Even if the teacher's showing me something that I know, not not, uh, that I know physics wise that it's not going to work i keep my mouth shut <laughs> and right, i just do right, it right. you know because i'm like because there might be something else there that sure. i might pick up so i go okay this part okay it's not really efficient but okay we'll go down that road but then he'll do something at the end or something i'm like oh whoa that was excellent right right and, right, and right. you know then i'll come out with that you know that's fine that's fine right 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 that's that's awesome again that's it's awesome. It, it, it's the t- Right, right, exactly right. Yeah. Right. <laughs> See, for Greg, I'm telling you, it's 25 years. I've never forgotten that. I've never I'll, forgotten that. I'll, I'll give I'll give you another one. All right. Awesome. This is what Sifu Cass always would tell me, and I, I always would have him tell everyone. And he would talk about, and I'm sure he doesn't mind me sharing this. An apple a day. He goes, have an apple a day. Now, he happens to have an apple a day. But his, the, the philosophy behind that is, if you have an apple a day, after 365 days, you think you'll be a little bit healthier? Probably, probably a little bit at least. If you have a Snickers bar every day, 365 days, you think probably a little less healthier? Probably. <laughs> but he goes, it's a discipline. He goes, I have my apple a day. Like, we, we, we'll talk about like our forms, our jurus and silat. You do them every day. You know, sometimes you sit there and you do them, you know, slow and steady and hard. And, and sometimes you do them as fast as you can just to get them over with. Right, sure, you know, sure. That's fine. That's fine. It, it could be your sealant towel. You go just... <laughs> right, 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 right. And you have a little list and you check them off. But you do that with life. Like everything you want to accomplish. So let's say you, you go, well, you know what? I want to read 30 minutes a day, every day. You put that on your list. I want to do 10 push-ups every day. I want to do 20 sit-ups every day. And you just check it off. And you know what? At the year's end, you're going to be a little bit healthier. You're going to accomplish certain things. And you're going to feel really good about yourself. Right. Right. But then he goes, but you can't do this either. You can't go, oh, it's been a month. I haven't eaten an apple. So let me have 30 of them right now. Right. So right. what's going to happen? You eat those. You're uh, throw it up. Point. Yeah, right. Right. So you can't just like cram everything in. Just... No, it's a steady diet, you know, of whatever it is you want to learn or want to accomplish. It could be, you know, anything in life. And you just do it, those little increments and every day and you'll succeed. That's so. wonderful. That's excellent. That's, that's, so maybe that'll help somebody out there if they listen to it, you know? Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I hope, I hope so. This has been a lot of fun. This has been a lot of fun. And an hour goes like, it's almost wow, an hour, it's right? <laughs> right? It's, right? Like, it happens if it, it goes so fast, you know? Yeah. 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 It's, 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 it's been so awesome reconnecting with you and I could see you yeah, as opposed it, it, to it, just, it's um, been awesome. 
I, I, you know, I'd love to talk to you again because I'm actually now interested in learning a little bit more about the, um, well, you know, we, could you go a little bit longer or? We can go a little longer. I just, I just like, even if you do 10 more minutes, I just yeah, love, absolutely, absolutely. I would love Anything to hear. Anything for you, Sean. I appreciate it. Well, I'm, I'm very interesting and I'm interested and I'm very, I'm enjoying this on a level you have no idea. I'm, I'm enjoying glad, this I'm so glad. much. So am I, so am I. Um, you mentioned the forms and I didn't even know that there were forms. Oh, okay. And I, so to give you an idea of what I'm talking about, and I, one of the things I, I love about the Wing Chun system is how the forms teach you in a progression. And I'm not saying that all systems have to have it the same way, but I, I, what I like about the Wing Chun forms in the way that I've learned them and in my system, in, in my, uh, how I know them. And so like, say like you learn center line in the first form, right? Mm -hmm. Seal them down. In chunk you, you learn how to move keeping center line. And in the third form, Buji, you learn how to recover center line if you lose it. And it's the same thing with like, say structure. You learn structure in the first form. You learn to move your structure in the second form and you learn how to recover the structure in the, the third form. And that's how like it works in Wing Chun in the way we do Wing Chun. How are the forms in, in your system? Are they, are they interconnected or are they, so like I say like the Wing Chun forms seem to be interconnected. Some systems, the forms are not. Each form teaches a specific lesson like, and in that, how does it work with C-Lot or the way you do C-Lot? Is it like the lessons are interconnected or is it more like this form teaches a specific thing? That's a great question. And it has a, a long answer, <laughs> right? Well, I'm only here. <laughs> <laughs> so the, the form itself, we use the form one to show positioning, right? Because it helps me because some people, they say, well, forms are no good. But in the form, I'm able to cor uh, correct your, your positioning on, on your elbows, on your punches, on everything. The movements themselves have many different meanings. So for an example, if I, uh, if I go back with my elbow, like bringing my, uh, my arm back, like almost like I'm ready to throw a karate punch. Well, what is that? So a person goes, well, you know, you're loading up the punch. Maybe. Are you, am I elbowing something behind me? Maybe. It's also a takedown. It's also a lock. It's also an escape. So you start understanding these movements are, mean many different things. And the amazing thing, and this, this, this is what blew my mind. We learn all these forms and they, they actually counter each other. Oh, so see, as you're learning it, when you're learning it, you use three to count to one and then one to count to two, then two to count to four, then four to count to one. And so you can just mix and match oh, them. Which that's is like, amazing. That's awesome. Which that blew me away. When I, when I found that out, I was like, holy crap. Because then, because it makes sense. You know, sometimes this is what happens. And uh, you get guys, they, 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 they take – they go out and train and they take a little bit of this and a little bit of that and a little bit of this and they kind of put it together into a, what they call a system. But it's just a bunch of techniques put together, which is right. fine if that's what you want. But when you have a system, a system gives you answers and it gives you answers forever. Right. Because sure. anything, it's like when somebody goes to me, oh, what do you do if somebody does this to you? Now, it might be a question I've never heard. And literally, I just go, okay, just give it to me. C-Lot will, will answer. And almost like I don't answer it, C-Lot will. And I'm like, just throw the punch, grab, whatever it is. And then I just take whatever principles of C-Lot are there, and it happens. Right. It's just wild. But that's the thing is when you see these things interacting with each other, you're like, yeah, this is a system that's designed brilliantly. <laughs> you know, it's like right, right, yeah. this is how did they come up with this stuff? It's amazing. And, and, and like I say, you know, when, when a person starts training in it, you sit and you go, how do they think of this stuff? Sure. You, know, you think of these guys in, in Indonesia, you go, it's a third world country. And I'm like, they're brilliant. Just right. Brilliant. You know? 
uh, I, I, you know, I joke around and say, that's what happens when you don't have cable. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> a, lot of, a lot of time on your hands and you get creative and you, you come up with stuff. But that's it, amazing. It's, it's, yeah. So the forms are important. You know, people sure. like fuck them, but forms are important. You know? Absolutely. Oh, that, that's awesome. Thank you for that. I appreciate it. <laughs> All right, well, see, Fugre, this has been awesome. I loved it. Thank you so much for coming on the show. I really appreciate uh, it, it. Absolutely my pleasure. My pleasure. Anything was, for you, Sean. I really <laughs> you have no you have no idea. Thank you so much. I really appreciate this. So so folks, I'm gonna say goodbye to you and we'll definitely see you next week with uh, me and Alex. And uh, I hope you had a good time. I hope you uh, enjoyed my little trip down memory lane. And we'll catch you soon. Let me just Thank you for listening to our latest episode. Please help us get the word out there by sharing this and other episodes on your favorite social media platforms. If you're enjoying the Dudes of Kung Fu podcast, there are many ways in which you can support it. Go to dudesofkungfu.com support to find out how you can help your favorite Kung Fu podcast. We are currently using Patreon to automate great benefits to those who support the podcast. As a supporter of the Dudes, you'll get early access to episodes as well as a number of other benefits based on your donation level. This includes in-depth topic lectures and even monthly live video conferences with the dudes. Again, go to dudesofkungfu.com support to find out more about that. As always, you can help support us in small ways as well. Give us a like at the Dudes of Kung Fu Facebook page and share links to episodes. If Twitter is your preferred social media outlet, you can follow the Dudes of Kung Fu there as well. Both Big Sean Madigan and yours truly are on Twitter too. Dudes of Kung Fu is now also on Instagram, so tag it along with the hashtag Dudes of Kung Fu whenever you post something related to the podcast. A great way to support the dudes is to rate and review it on either the iTunes or Android app stores. The written reviews are immensely more helpful than just giving us a five-star rating. If you have any suggestions for topics or guests, please write us at the Dudes of Kung Fu Facebook page. Please understand that neither Sean nor I can guarantee a response, but we will consider any serious suggestions. And finally, I ask that you help spread an open dialogue with other practitioners of martial arts. Chinese Kung Fu in particular has long since suffered from caustic political discourse, which can only change with you. Remember, the person you wholeheartedly disagree with doesn't love martial arts any less than you do. Take care, and thank you for supporting the Dudes of Kung Fu!